Welcome back to Backward Point Podcast. My name is Nadra Sayyad and with me as always is my brother and my co-host. Bashar Sayyad. Bashar, today is a very, very special episode. It is a landmark milestone episode for us. And it had to be the episode where we discuss India's semi-final uh, journey. So, I mean, kind of like a, a big ha-ha-ha uh, from the universe to us. Because we primarily did start as a Pakistani cricket podcast. And we love talking about Pakistani cricket. And... As we stand today, as the 50th episode commences, India has made their way to the semifinals. What do you think about that? Firstly, congratulations on the 50th episode. Uh, if this was a cricket match full of batting, 50 partnership up. Totally. And, uh, totally. I wanted to mention this is, we think of this podcast as a test match, not a journey. And we want to go down as the Brian Lawrence of podcasts. So I'm talking about big endings that we're going to build up for. So very happy to reach this milestone. Uh, you know, regardless if the podcast had one viewer, 10 viewer, thousands of viewers, we were going to keep doing this until we were going to hit 100 episodes and then sort of reflect back and see how the podcast is doing. So glad to have started the podcast and now built this community around it. If this is a partnership, then I am Shahid Afridi and you're Salman Bhatt. Bruh. <laughs> what? 2004. Let's get it. Um, yeah, I mean, congratulations, everyone, to to everyone who's listening. You know, wouldn't be possible without them. Uh, the Patreon fam, the Discord fam, the Spotify gang, like everybody, all of the little sub-circles we've created, it's all because of them that we were able to hit 50. Now, people don't people think that we just started this year, which is also funny because we've been potting for the past four years. So this is 50 of the Backward Point Edition. But, you know, there's like at least 100 more somewhere else under different names. And we won't get to that today. But what we will get to today is India's performance. Before that, again, if you guys want to join the Patreon family, you can click on the description below. We have, we'll release Every episode show notes, and that's one of my favorite parts, the notes that Bashar creates, stats, commentary, questions from everybody involved. So if you guys want to participate in that and want to get access to those stats, you can go check it out over there. And you also get an opportunity as a patron to give your questions, suggestions, thoughts for our podcast episodes. You've probably noticed that many of our recent episodes have questions from Patreon, our patron members, that sort of enhance the quality of our discussion. I mean, if we've missed any points or if there's, you know, questions that are common within the community, the patrons make sure to bring them up into our feed. Yeah. And we're also going to soon... Uh, start involving the discord community i mean the one thing that i've said before that we will have to do eventually is the meme reviews people want it people are craving for it our meme culture on our discord channel is thriving and it's just one of those things that's just waiting to happen so don't worry discord fam i hear you guys it's gonna happen soon and again spotify gang those are our silent killers silent but deadly kind of like Muhammad chummy they come in the middle of the tournament they take a fifer and they're like you know what all in a day's work. So Spotify gang, I see you. If you guys wanted to support the podcast, bottom hand, don't want to get into all this community bullshit. That's fine. Honestly, you can join the memberships on YouTube if you're listening to us there. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, then you can check on the description and you can be a paid customer. India is the first team in this Cricket World Cup to make it to the semifinals. 7-0 record so far. They are undefeated. And it looks like it's going to take a special performance for any team to beat this Indian side. This is their fourth straight time going into the semifinals of an ODI World Cup, starting from the 2011 run where they won the tournament and then semifinalists in 2015 
and 2019 tournaments. So happy that our neighbors have made it. We are still struggling somehow. Um, so what I wanted to say is, I mean, given the performance of the Indian team, like this is India's World Cup to lose. There will never be a better opportunity for this Indian team to win a World Cup than this one. They're at home. They have informed players. There's a Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli at the twilight of their careers. And there could not be any better way for them to sign off their ODI careers than a win, the win a World Cup win at home to take forward the legacy of MS Zoni who set the platform and just to make a name for themselves and put themselves in the history books of Indian cricket. 100%. I mean, there's uh, very rarely do players of that caliber get that chance to prove their mettle. And here they are. And it's, you know, now or never. The World Cup is around the corner. The final is around the corner, I meant. The World Cup is knocking on the doors. Do they answer or not? That's the question, guys. I wanted to get straight to the match. But uh, before we actually get to the, the actual match... There, I don't know if you saw. There's bro, there's a statue. No, no, wait. wait. I, this is why I feel like the Patreon is such an important thing because when you go through the notes, there's little nuggets that Bashar leaves and the notes that are so so hilarious. Bashar, you've written firstly, you know, the intro, and then it says India versus Sri Lanka mismatch. Not a match. It's a mismatch. What is all that about? Uh, basically, the Sri Lankan team blown away, man. Like, this is basically a repeat of the Asia Cup final where they were blown away for 50. I think they managed to score 55 this match. Yes, 55. Ridiculous. I'm not sure if the Sri Lankan team is terrible or the Indian bowling has now become unplayable. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to decipher that. But just before we get to the match, I wanted to briefly talk about there's a such a statue that was unveiled. You mean today. Steven Smith's statue? Steven Smith. <laughs> bro, what's going on? Yo, TGC is going to have a day out of this. I don't know if they've already talked about it, but that Sachin's Tendulkar statue, the more you look at it, the more it turns to Steve Smith. And Tendulkar just like, bro. When, whenever somebody pointed that out to me, I could not unsee that. For me, that's Steve Smith. There's a Twitter or X account called Out of Context Cricket. Have you seen this? Yes. It's one of my favorite content. Like, it's my one of my favorite contents of cricket on that horrid app. And I saw them post that meme where it was just basically like three shots of this such and statue being zoomed in. And then the last shot was of Steve Smith. <laughs> and it took me by surprise because I was not <laughs> expecting that. And yet somehow it fits. If you were ever to make a statue of a Pakistani player in Karachi or Lahore, who do you think it should be? Oh, that's a really good one. I think Karaji, this should be Shahid Afridi doing his signature pose. Yes. That would be fitting. Shahid Afridi and the National Stadium. Yes, 100%. But to be honest, Shahid Afridi doesn't have really like huge, like memorable innings in that stadium, does he? Like apart from the century against India in that test match, there hasn't been anything. The idea is that because Sachin is from Mumbai, he played a lot of his, most of his cricket from, from Mumbai, uh, school cricket, domestic cricket, and then went on to play for the Mumbai Indians. So... His whole history is, it started from Mumbai. And for Afridi, it has to be Karachi. Now, we're not comparing Sachin with Afridi, but we're just saying that if you were ever to make memorabilia statue, I think in Karachi, it should be Afridi. And Lahore, it should be Wasim Akram's signature bowling action. And Pindi, it should be Shrebakhtar doing his signature uh, hawk, eagle, whatever it is, plane thing. Um, and that's, that. like, India is showing you how to celebrate your heroes in Pakistan. And then, when, and then when Pakistan performs poorly, you just pull it down and burn it. In Pakistan, like <laughs> there was something that Atif Aslam once said that in order to be a legend in Pakistan, you need to die. And oh. 
And that really hit me hard. Like, I don't think we really value our heroes while they're living. I mean, we call Wasim Akram by many different names. But if you talk about world cricket, all of the great players in the world, they talk about how great of a player he is. And we call him by different names. So that really bothers me. Uh, point is, guys, value your heroes. Because as you can see, there's not many coming on the way except that's, for a few. That's true. That's true. I would but I would love to see how many people from this current team would turn into heroes. I know at least two names. Uh, and surprisingly, Bashar, they're both on the number one ODI rankings right now as a bowler and a batsman. So, you know, you can do the Googling yourself, guys. Let's get down to the match if you want. Sure. Like, I just... Before that, actually, you know, I want to talk about TGC for a second. Okay. The Great Cricketer. So the other day I was listening to the Great Cricketer podcast, a very funny podcast, you know, just, just two lads shooting the shit. And then suddenly I hear, hear them singing Dil Dil Pakistan and they're singing it as Dil Dil, like, you know, Dil Pickle, like the, the herb. And I'm like, I get what you guys are trying to do. You're trying to like up the Pakistani anthem here. I get it. You know, Mickey Arthur is happy that you guys are doing that. Everyone's having a good time. But I would have loved it if it wasn't Dil and if it was Dil. But I do understand the uh, connotations of that, you know, the nomenclature and the pronunciation doesn't come as easy to our Aussie friends or not. But guess what? They make fun of the pavilion, which is actually, if I'm going to be honest, the only other show I listen to apart from Backward Point. And yes, I do listen to Backward Point on my free time because I forget what we're talking about. Quality control. Yeah, quality control. And just like... This podcast has great opinions, in my opinion. Like, it aligns with everything I want to hear. In your opinion, it has great opinions. <laughs> yes, it aligns with everything I want to hear. So every now and then, you know, you'll, you'll catch me in the car and I'll be bumping uh, some BP. And, uh, you know, they were talking about The Pavilion and that's the other podcast or show that I listen to. And The Pavilion gives them a shout out. Like, what does what does Backward Point have to do to get a shout out from The Pavilion? That's what I wanted to know. We need to cut a reel. We need to tag Fakhri Alam. Fakhri Alam. And that's the only way we can get a shout out from them. Uh, news, I just want to, you know what? If we do that, if we do that in this episode, we talk Fakhri Alam, Fakhri Alam, whatever his name is. We have to play his hip hop 90s banger. In the background? Yes. People don't know that. Fakhri Alam, a 90s icon. The for pioneer of Daisy hip hop. If Young Stunners is Drake, Fakhri Alam is Tupac. Wow. Wow, my man said that. Tupac just turned in his grave. Let's get back to this game because this game itself, well, if a graveyard. The, if the TTC can sing the, the Pakistan, can we expect you to sing Check the India for, for India today? Check the India? Yeah. I don't know the words. I would have sung this for my Indian fans. Check the India is the words. No, but there's like a build up like a... Okay, stop. stop. Yeah, I don't know stop. the words. <laughs> And then you don't want me to go for the Chuck Day in the high notes because my kid is crying. I can hear him crying in the other room. He will barge into this one and kill me because like the high notes. No. Sri Lanka puts India to bat first. There is an argument that, you know, why did Sri Lanka do that? Uh, you know, because- the same question I was asking New Zealand the other day, by the way. But the thing is, I if I was the captain of Sri Lanka, I would have done the same thing because I don't want to give any opportunity for Virat Kohli to be chasing totals. Like he's the greatest chaser in ODI cricket, period. Yeah, he got Anushka, bro. <laughs> what a chase. Yo, on a serious note. What a chase that was. We're being serious. I'm just, I'm, okay, I'm sorry. So like, like he is the greatest chaser in ODI cricket. Now, I don't want to give any opportunity for him to be in any position to go out there and chase this total on his own. So, I mean, they, they bowl first. Matashunka uh, gets a beauty of a delivery to Rohit Sharma. 
an off cutter. I don't, I don't think even Shaheen Afridi has tried the delivery against um, Rohit in the first spell. He got him out against India uh, with slow delivery, but not in his first spell. So Rohit looked bamboozled. Off stump went for a walk. And in comes Virat Kohli. We've got to talk about how terrible Sri Lanka's fielding has been in this match. They dropped Virat Kohli when he was on 10. He scored 88. Shubman Gill dropped on 8. He scored 92. And this all happened within the span of four deliveries. So had they taken... They were tough chances. They were half chances. But against India, in India, in a World Cup, you've got to take those chances. Yeah, no question about that. Like, you said that the, you know, the off-stump went for a walk. It went for a jog, buddy. It went for a sprint. That thing cartwheeled all the way to freaking Canada, for all I know. That was a really good ripper. And, like, how many times is Zoe Sharma going to be bowled off those left arm seamers seeming in seeming out like it's they it makes no difference at this point Roy Sharma is going to give them their wicket and Roy Sharma was looking good first ball four flicked off the pads and it's just a tough one for Rohit again he's having a blinding blinder of a world cup so you know it's just going to be an asterisk a stat a minor setback in his phenomenal form I but- actually think it's a blessing in disguise for Rohit to get early because What's typically happened in the last few ICC events for India is that their top three have been scoring so many runs that, you know, come pressure matches, when they do lose early wickets, their middle and lower order is so undercooked that they don't get an opportunity to bat. And like, for example, the 2019 World Cup semifinal, Rohit, Virat, and Dhawan, or even KL Rahul were in such great form that, you know, their middle order, like a Dhoni, uh, I think Kedar Jadav was there, Rishabh Pand, Hartik Pandya. They never got an opportunity to really bat through. So game time experience is a bit different. So here, because Rohit got out, Shubman Gill was able to build an innings. Bharat Kohli was able to support him. But the most impactful innings for me in this match was Shriyas Ayer. Six sixes, three forwards for his 82 off 56 balls. Strike rate of 146. And some of the sixes he was hitting, they were home runs. I think one of the sixes he had was like 105 meters, which was enormous. It was massive. So for even Shreyas Ayer to now be back in the runs is great signs for India going into, you know, some critical matches in the semis and potentially finals. Who's not in the runs for India is my question. Sky has been a bit off runs. Like he's he's doing okay. Like the, the place he bats is very tricky because number six, you're typically out there looking to up the ante, uh, smash in the last 10, 15 overs. So... He's struggling a bit, and there's a question here actually from our Patreon fam, um, and I'm just gonna pull that up. They were asking about so it's from Sheriar. He says, "What should India do when Hardik Pandya becomes fully fit?" And that's actually it's a crazy question because this is an Indian team who is right now without Hardik Pandya. Hardik Pandya walks into the playing eleven of any and every single team out there, so. How does India incorporate Hardik Pandya when he does eventually become fit? I think Sky goes out, Hardik goes back at number six, and that just adds an extra element of balance in the Indian team. It just gets more balanced if there is such a thing. Like They're already so acutely dancing on this trampoline or they're dancing on this tight tight rope that with the Pandya back on the field, that's just like, what do you do from there? Like, it doesn't get more sublime than that. Like Pandya back in the team and the Indian team is ready for everything. Like they have four seamers. They have two quality spinners in Jadeja and Kuldeep. So, you know, if there's a spinning track, 
the spinners can take over if there's a seaming track they have four seamers so like that's just a hack to have when you have a, a fast bowling all under and i love the whole transition and the evolution of Hardik Pandya, like when he initially started playing, he was a bowling rounder. And, you know, because of injuries and 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 in his lower back injuries, he's had to work more on his batting to become now a batting all rounder who can bowl around 135, 140 KPI. So I would sort of even put him in the Ben Stokes bracket. Stokes obviously has more match winning innings behind his belt. And but Pandya definitely has the ability to match Stokes on that regard. Yeah, hundred percent. And just I, one thing I also want to talk about, just looking at the scorecard, is Jadeja's valuable 35 of 24. He's playing at a 145 strike rate. He's hitting the ball clean. He's, you know what's weird about that 35 of 24, though, Bashar? 1-6 and 1-4 only. So he's running very hard. So he's running gets- those doubles and triples really, really hard. He wants to make sure that he's capitalizing on the runs. He's turning the ones into twos. In a smaller ground in India, that's, that's commendable. Bro, Jadeja... Is one of my favorite Indian players. Man's a gun fielder. Low-key player, bro. He's so low-key. You don't even, like, you forget about him until he's on the screen. Like, I genuinely forget about Jadeja when he's, when we're, when whoever's playing against India, until he's on bat. He's like, oh, shit, we had a Jadeja too. And then same thing with the bowl. Like, I was watching the game today, and then, you know, nine of the ten wickets was taken by the, the pacer baller. Spoiler alert if you weren't. You know, if you didn't get watch the game. But then Jadeja comes in, I'm like, oh, shoot. They still had to face Jadeja in a Wankade ground, bro. This is going to be crazy. And yep, he's, he's first over. Seals the deal. Yeah, and then he's so fit. Like, I've seen a few of his videos on Instagram where he's just running on the treadmill. Like, his running form is... I try to emulate that when I'm on the treadmill. Quick cool question. Yeah. Jadeja, Imam Hulak, sprint, who wins? Jadeja, 100%. Jadija might even like run there and back while Imam is on his first. <laughs> My guy. All right. That was just for the fans. They know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they know. Okay. What else happened, bro? So, Pakistan, bro, so Shami India, happened. No, no. India scores what? 355? Yes. Yeah. India scores 355. And at at one point, did India, Sri Lankan fans lose hope? They were like, sorry, my bad. 357 for eight is what India scored. But at what point do Sri Lankan fans look back and be like, we still got this. We can chase this down. You know, I think uh, there was a time when uh, Tikshana and Rajita had a partnership. I think that's the only time they had any chance because they had a, a 20 then partnership. That was the highest partnership of this whole match. And uh, some of the shots that um, that Tikshana hit, I'm not going to lie. Let's talk about the bowling because <laughs> there's nothing to talk about the batting. Sri Lanka, bro. You know, it, it kind of pains me because Sri Lanka was one of my favorite teams to support after Pakistan. Whenever they would play, if it was a neutral game, they're playing against India, England, Australia, whatever. Back know? in the day. Back in the day. What is back in the day? I'm talking about 2012, 2014. That's peak Sri Lanka. That's like, you have your Java Jayawardhanes, your Sangakaras. I've said on record, Sangakaras cover drive is one of my favorites. Probably my favorite cover drive. Just, you know. Dilshan. Dilshan was opening Mendes. for you. Mendes was there. Malinga. Malinga was there. Kulasekarai rated really highly. He could swing the ball up front. And I don't know, man, since 2014, 2015, it's just been a downward spiral for them and they haven't really found their footing. I don't know if, I don't know if Kusal Mendes is the guy to really lead them to the front. I don't know if Shanaka was the guy to lead them for the, in the Asia Cups or prior. I know he has a T20, does he have, does he have an Asia Cup under his belt? He does. Does he have a T20 as well? No. All right. That's the Asia Cup. Okay. I don't know if he was the guy to actually be the one to forefront this team. 
I know a lot of these guys are newer. You have to bring in like a dinosaur Angelo Matthews or Savior. Savior I've never campaign. seen Angelo Matthews this unfit in my life, and I don't think he was ready. That's shocking because I was there when Matthews made his debut. Like he, one of his best innings or his emerging innings was against Pakistan in the 09 T20 World Cup final, and he was like a such a dynamic player because he was a gun fielder. You could ball decent medium pace, and he was actually a, a clutch batsman. So. For me to see him from go from there to where he is now. You need to understand he's also 37 years old. He's 36 years old in 150 days, according to Crick Info. So at 37, right out, like, I want to know what when, what his last few games were. Like, I know. Because he was part of the Asia Cup team, right? Was I think he was he injured or something. He was as old. Because it doesn't look like he was part of their plans. And then he comes in and he's buying at number six. Like, he's a top order player, not a lower middle order player. So I'm not even sure they're utilizing him to his best. It's just one of those things where they didn't have players and they needed somebody to come in to steady the ship. Yeah. And it's just a sad state of affairs because Angela Matthews is also one of the legends of Sri Lankan cricket. It's just a sad affair. This is not what I expected. And, you know, at this point, Afghanistan is looking better than Sri Lanka. A lot of my Sri Lankan friends who live here, they've stopped following Sri Lankan cricket. And... It's the same reason that you mentioned. They like they they aren't able to get over the void that Sangha, Mahela, um, Dilshan, Mendes, Malinga have left on, and it's really hard to follow up those players because they're once in a generation players. So I don't blame the Sri Lankan team too much, uh, but there needs to be some improvement. I mean, India's moved on from a Sachin, Sehwag, Kambir, Dhoni, so I think Sri Lanka could do the same. I hope I hope they do because again, like I said, they're one of my favorite teams to watch. Them and West Indies, I rate them really highly. I know West Indies not even in the tournament this year, which is a whole other thing. But Sri Lanka, I don't want to see them in the same same fate because right now with their with their the way they're playing, I just want to look at the table for a second. Are they in the bottom? They, no, they're officially eliminated. There's no way for them to qualify. I no, think. I know that, but like yeah. the top seven of this will go into playing the the Champions Trophy, right? So at this point. Of the way that Afghanistan is playing, and they have a game tomorrow with Netherlands. If they secure that win, I mean, technically they'll be above Pakistan. But even worse than that, they'll make it through to the Champions Trophy, and Sri Lanka will be out. I mean, as of right now, even England is having a tough time to qualify if they don't go on to win. I mean, we've discussed this before. We need to do that England episode. We need to talk about what's wrong with England because, holy shit, holy shit. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I wanted to talk about India's pace bowling trio. We should going into the Asia Cup. I think I mentioned that uh, Pakistan's pace bowling trio was one of the best in the world when Nasim was fit, when Shaheen was bowling at his best, when Hardest Shroff was uh, you know bowling in the good areas. But now I think I've sort of changed my opinion post Nasim's injury. Bumrah, Siraj, Shami. This is probably the best uh, pace bowling trio in the world right now, just because of the sheer skill they have, the pace they're balling with, the accuracy they have. For Bumrah to swing the ball both ways at high pace, it's as if he had never gotten injured. Like that's just, his comeback is, he's never looked better. Like his pace is up, he's balling as accurate as ever. His first ball today was a Jimmy Anderson-esque delivery, which bamboozled the batsman. He thought it was going to, you know, nip back or swing in so he went to play the flick almost and it hit his back leg knocking the off stumps uh, on the hawkeye so i mean this is just this is how fast bowlers are supposed to be in pakistan we say that's a new ball bowler that's a middle lowers bowler that's a death over bowler 
India has bowlers who can bowl in every and any scenario, be it new ball, be it old ball, be it reversing, death overs. They, they really enhance their game to fit into any scenario. I totally agree. And it's never been this deadly. They've had moments where they had Zahir Khan and Irfan Patan. They had moments where they had, you know, bowlers who would come in and, and just charge at the stumps and do their best. Like I think about Irfan Patan's hat trick in, in Karachi against Pakistan. First three balls. Like they had Salman Bhatt, Yunus Khan and Muhammad Yusuf. Rest in peace. They genuinely like they had like they had that pace battery. And since then, since Zahir and since Irfan, they sort of had the Munaf Patel era. Remember that? But I think this all changed in the 2012-2013 era where bowlers like Bhuvi came in, exactly. Shami debuted, Ishan Sharma was there, Umesh Yadav was there. Bhuvi and Yadav walked so these guys could run. Yeah. Genuinely. Yeah, abs- I think because there was a whole, like, in India, pace bowling was so scarce where if a bowler would ball 140 clicks, that would become headlines. Bro, Munaf Patel. Praveen Kumar was the strike Praveen Kumar was the strike bowler in the 2007 T20 World Cup. That's wild to me. Like these boys would never find airtime in Indian cricket now. And that just has the testament of Indian cricket. They've made a way, they found a way to get these bowlers in. And it's not only these three, you have Pandya who can hold his own. And then you have the bench strength. And people, Arshdeep Singh. Arshdeep Singh is not in the squad. Umran Malik is not in the squad. Avesh Khan. Avesh Khan. I don't even know who he is, but he sounds scary to me. <laughs> and like, that's what I'm saying. They have a bench strength that is so loaded right now that these three... Like, I know this is exactly what we said about Pakistan cricket, but this actually applies to Indian cricket right now. They're at the top of their game. You said it best on the top of this podcast. If India does not win this World Cup, it will be, it'll be news. It'll be tragedy. I don't know if I'm an Indian fan. I wouldn't know how to handle that because for the past 10 years, India has been bottling ICC trophies. So what is the point of the biggest... IPL in the world, the richest board in the world, if you're not able to win trophies at the end of the day. And it's crazy because every single tournament, India has peaked early. And when it comes time to deliver, they choke. Every single tournament. Like you you can go back after the Champions Trophy in 2013 since now. Like they do that. And this is one of those moments where it feels like, I don't think India has peaked early. I just think they're peaking continuously. And when you're on the rise, when you're on like the uplift of that curve, you don't even know when that when it's going to turn over. And it might just turn over never. You just might win the World Cup straight up. Have a you know Australia-esque run. Go unbeaten. Totally see that happening. Question from Kavish from Patreon. He says, what is Bumrah eating that his ball is moving around corners with accuracy and speed at the moment? More protein, according to Mamal Huck. Kavish, skill, bro. You come on the international st- st- um, stage with some talent, but hard work, persistence, resilience and skill is eventually what gets you or makes you stay at the top. And with Burma and all the Indian bowlers for them to land the ball in a specific area with swing, with C movement, with accuracy, it just takes hours and hours of repetition. Um, and like, it's just, it's really good as a bowler myself to see the Indian bowlers maintain their pace, especially Shami because he's been, on the scene for around 10 years now. Like I've never seen Shami's pace drop. If anything, he's maintained his pace to the 140 clicks mark. And on the other hand, a Pakistani bowler comes in in this first few years, balls 145. And then just gradually his pace keeps dropping year by year until we see a Janet Khan dropped, Ruman Reese disappear, Mohammed Irfan 
gone from the scene. Hassan so, Ali is dro- bowling 129s. Yeah, Shocker. so it's just, I think it's also credits to the BCCI and the management of how well they look after their players. You've never seen bowlers co- like like um, Bumrah, you know, come back from injury and be at their peak. You hardly ever see that. I only wish that the BCCI looked after Pakistani players like that in the Asia Cup, but oh well. I wanted to ask you a question. Favorite Shami wicket? Favorite Shami wicket was... five today. I think for me, it was the one f- uh, that he bowled to Matthews. Genuine delivery. I love when Jaffa. the stumps get rattled. Jaffa. It was my favorite one. Yeah. Like even his first, his first over was like, again, very Shaheen Afridi-esque where it was, it was a moment. You have to be there. You have to watch it. Again, what is his second or third time getting a, on a hat trick? Like two for two? It's insane. Shami's on, like operating on a different level. And to think that this guy just came in in the middle of a tournament. He was not playing from the start. He was not in the plans for the 11. He comes in and in the few games, it takes like 16 wickets or 15 wickets. It's insane. He's the highest wicket taker for India in World Cups, went past Zahid Khan. And Zahid Khan is a legend. And Mohammed Shami is on his way to become one. I was always um, had with the opinion that India should have played Shami instead of Thakur in the first few matches. But I think Rohit Sharma wanted to extend uh, the India Indian batting depth. But yeah, yeah like you mentioned, uh, Shami just went pack past Zahir Khan. Zahir Khan, um, I think, has 44 wickets in 23 innings, where Shami has 45 wickets in 14 innings. Ridiculous stats. Also, just overall, he is now the eighth highest wicket taker in World Cup history. And the more shocking stat is that he has the lowest average and lowest strike rate amongst at least the top 20 bowlers. That's what, you know, taking so many wickets in 14 games will do to you. Shazi asks, is this the Indian team better and more rounded than the 2011 Indian team? That's a difficult question. I want to say yes, just because of how good the pace attack is, how complete the whole team is looking like from from a covering all the bases point of view. Rohit's captaincy, just how aggressive they are in the beginning. Uh, Virat Kohli, who is... And it's the prime of his prime. He's, I think he's past his prime. Like his, his prime and peak was 2016, 17, 18, 19. He's past that. He's just plateaued he's at this like, point. Yeah. He's just riding that wave yeah. all through to the end, whenever that's going to be. Like his graph is peaked and he's just maintaining his, the peak there, which who, is incredible. Amar Nani from Patreon also asks, who would India want to face in the semis, Pakistan or New Zealand? Especially considering that with Pakistan, you have a lot more pressure. India has choked in semifinals before. Mm. that's a tough Ramani question Nani wants to like stir some shit up let's do it I just think uh, Pakistan or India if Pakistan somehow makes the semis if you just compare the team side by side the Indian team on the day like Bob Rotham says will beat Pakistan but just that extra pressure factor and with the Pakistan team then predictability you never really know what they can do on the day Pakistan's also like kind of peaking but not gonna lie I think from a World Cup to make this World Cup grand, it would be iconic for Pakistan and India to meet in semifinals. Again, it'll, it'll be in Kolkata. So it'll be... Pakistan, you might actually have some support there. It'll be a sight to see if that happens. But uh, I don't know. It's just um, the Indian team right now and these guys for the past few years, I feel like they don't take a pressure of a Pakistan match. So they'll the be at last the top time, of the game. I was just talking about this. The last time we saw the Indian team take pressure against the Pakistani team was that first Asia Cup game, bro. Where you had, And it was just the first 10 overs, to be honest. You had Shaheen firing in. You had Nasim firing in. You had Harris taking wickets. 
those, not even the 10, the turn 15 overs, the first 15 overs were just like, whoa, what is happening to this Indian team? Virat Kohli was looking average. Shubman Gill, 10, 31 ball, 10 run. Like it was just an insane scenario. And like, I want that. I want to live that again, if I'm being honest, as a Pakistani fan. Take me back. Take me back. But if if it comes to it, if India and Pakistan face in the semifinal, this, I'm going to be honest, India's going to crush Pakistan. Uh, just to follow up on Amar's question, Ali Khan also asked that if an India versus Pakistan semifinal does happen, can our mental health take it? Well, let's do the math. Let's find out. Let's talk about it. Pakistan's qualification scenario, right? How does it work? What's gonna What it's going to look like? Pakistan at the time of recording this message or this podcast has two more games. It has a game, they have a game against New Zealand and they have a game against England. England. New Zealand also has two more games against Pakistan and against Sri Lanka. It's simple math. If Pakistan beat all, the, all of their opponents and New Zealand loses all of their games, Pakistan go through on points. Best case scenario, don't give me the NRR bullshit. Pakistan are through. But, Let's talk about a more realistic because we know we love being Delulu on this podcast, but we're going to be realistic as well. Pakistan might beat New Zealand, might beat England. That has to happen. Otherwise, this whole thing just crumbles. New Zealand, in this scenario, will have to lose against Pakistan. But if they beat Sri Lanka, then we go into NRR territory. That's where Pakistan sort of falters. Pakistan really needs to win big in the next two games. We're talking like 80 runs against um New Zealand and the next game at least to you know match or get over that NRR and then against England they have to also win big which in the current climate is not the worst possible outcome you know, I would per- even say uh Sri Lanka beating New Zealand is not out of the picture because I wanted to talk about that like after this performance do you think that New Ze- Sri Lanka has anything to take against New Zealand listen New Zealand is injury struck they are out of they're without a Williamson. They're without a Matt Hendry, without a Lockie Ferguson, without a Mark Chapman. They have to literally fly over Kyle Jamieson to play the next match, probably against Pakistan. So there was never a better time for Pakistan to play New Zealand or for Sri Lanka to play New Zealand. Don't critique me for saying that this might be New Zealand's B team. And Pakistan loves playing against B and C teams. 4-1, bro. In at-home conditions, 4-1. Don't forget so, that. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just saying it's possible. You're saying Pakistan is peaking at the right time? I'm saying um, some of the guys are getting back into form at the right time. Like Farhar Zaman being in the runs was was great news. Wasim Jr. reversing the ball in the death. Shine Afridi getting wickets. All great signs. I would say the team is peaking once you have Babar Azam really at his best. And Barbara loves scoring against New Zealand at World Cups. We've seen that in the last one. Uh, Magnificent 100. We keep... We don't fail to mention that we were there at the ground at Edge Baston when that happened. We saw that. Beautiful scenes. Man, how I would wish just a Babur century at the right time, you know, shutting down his naysayers. Who, who, by the way, Zakar Shrov is one of them. So, you know, do with that information what you will. But he goes ahead and makes Pakistan a World Cup semifinal contender. What a twist that would be. You know, you can go back and just skim through the past six episodes that this podcast has done. And you can check the thumbnails and just be like, oh my God, what a disastrous tournament they're having. And from there, you just switch over to a semifinal run against India. It'll be beautiful. It would be magnificent. Never say never. A uh, question from Patreon, Umer. He says, if by some miracle, 
Pakistan qualifies for semis and goes all the way to win the World Cup, should Babar Azam still step down from captaincy? I mean, seeing how much wow. disrespect he got from the board, journalists, and ex-cricketers. What a question, Omer. You know what? I sometimes find myself daydreaming about this, so I am really equipped to answer this. If Pakistan somehow get through the Herculean task of beating, first qualifying, and then the double Herculean task or Zeus-esque task of beating India and then getting whoever is in this finals and crushing them, should Babar Azam resign? Now, this is just a personal opinion. I love legacy. I love dignity. I think there would be no other boss move. Like you would have, at that point, you would have beat cricket. You know, as they say, you would have just beaten the game of cricket. Yeah, you retire. You retire your captaincy. You give it over. You do an Imran Khan thing where you're like, I came back. I won you this tournament. Boom, boom, boom. I'm going to sign off as captain, as captain. You're not, you're not going to retire from international cricket. But you give it away. And you're like, I did what I was given the job to do. I got close, very, very close a lot of the times. But it just needed belief. And I'm here now. And screw you to all. I, I literally want him to like go up on a press conference and, and show his middle finger to the PCB. I would love nothing more. And then from there on, just be the best player that you can be. Simple as that. Well said. I think, um, but knowing Bobber, he, like, if this happens, which like, this is a very uphill task. This is, this like, is like a dream scenario. Exactly. It's like climbing Mount Everest and then wanting to climb K2 after that. And then just jumping off and like free diving, base diving off into like straight into the, you know, the hills and then surviving. So yes. it's literally like, <laughs> it's literally the, well said. It's like the worst thing that can happen, but then you come out with a great story. It's one of those things. And let's just, I know Mary's jumping the gun and I'm jumping the gun. And, you know, we've been criticized many times on this pod for me being Delulu. And, you know, well, if you want to listen to this pod, go ahead. But that's going to happen. Hey, just on the record, I wanted to give you a public apology oh. uh, for the last oh, episode. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that's my camera. That's, that's your camera. <laughs> let's go. So last podcast, you were talking about how South Africa would beat New Zealand by around 190 I'm just summarizing what you said. You said that they would beat them by 180, 190 I think I said two. I said a big number. I said 220. I think you said something. 400 and then 220. So you said 180. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then New Zealand actually goes on to lose by 190 runs. So even more of a big margin than you mentioned. And I was like, yeah, that might, that may happen. And then you'll wake up because that those things only happen in dreams. So kudos to you for believing. Hey, I took the L. Apologies right here. I, no problem, bro. You know what? I have another prophecy to make. Wow. And people wanted me to talk about prophecies. That's, camera. This, that's my camera? Okay. I believe Pakistan will beat New Zealand day after tomorrow. Tomorrow's game is Afghanistan Netherlands. And I genuinely want Netherlands to win because I think they're, they're a more fun team. Shout out Charis. Shout out Charis. But Pakistan New Zealand, I have a feeling, a belief, a quote unquote jezba, if you want to talk about it. I think Pakistan's going to beat New Zealand. I think Pakistan's semifinal race is still on the cards. My worst fear is that Pakistan lose against England and this all just goes into nothingness. But against New Zealand, I have faith it's going to come through. I don't know if Pakistan will make the semifinals. I can't say that right now. I need to watch the New Zealand game and I need to watch the Sri Lanka-New Zealand game to say anything. But I think it's going to happen. So I don't know how it's going to happen. If Pakistan bat first, they might hit 330, 340. And just bowl them out for like 200, 250. 
if that happens, great. If Pakistan bowls first, I think they might restrict New Zealand for 280, 300, and then chase it down with like three or four wickets to spare. It's going to be a close one if that happens. But my feelings say, my heart says that it's it might be the case. Yeah, to be safe, Pakistan does need to win by a big margin. And just looking into the game, the game is at Bengaluru, so you can expect a high-scoring match. This is the same match where Pakistan faced Australia, where Sri Lanka beat England. Any changes to the Pakistan team? There's conversations to be had that are saying um, that Pakistan's pace attack is doing very well. Why not further strengthen it by bringing in Hassan Ali for Salma Mir? You'll have four seamers plus Iftikhar and Salman Akhinbal. Also conversations if Shadab is fit to bring him in for Salma Mir because he can extend your batting lineup. What of those things would you do or would you just pick option three of same 11? Good question. Think about it. That's a really good one, actually. I like the four seamers option. I would like to see how that happens. But Pakistan like, has put- it's basically like four seamers is you're doubling down on your strength. Yeah, I, I I back the boys to double down on their strength. It's one thing that I can rely on is that even a 128, 129 KPH, Hassan Ali is going to bang it on the target. He took some really good wickets this tournament. Like he has like at least eight or nine wickets, you know. I, I rank that. Hassan Ali has exceeded my expectations. For this World Cup, 100%. The way that I was thinking that he was going to get bashed along, like a 100-run match, every single match, that didn't happen. He actually held his own in a few situations really well. I'm just glad that Wasim Jr. is finding his form, or has found his form, some would say. Fakhar Zaman looked great in the last game. I feel like just a barber century is coming around the corner. We've been seeing this the entire World Cup, but I feel like it's finally time. And I think Barber will hold his own. India are through into the semis. So, you know, congratulations to you guys. But with this Pakistan scenario, if Pakistan pulls it through, boy, oh boy, do we have a competition to come through for you guys. I think that's a great way to end the podcast. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Emoji of the day. Emoji of the day. Yeah, we haven't we haven't done that in a while. It's been and, a while. And actually, you have this in bold letters here in the notes. So I'm just going to say, emoji of the pod will be dedicated to our boy, Shaheen Afridi. So if you guys have eagles in your emojis, put them in the comments below. We'll know that you guys listen to the whole thing because this is right at the end and we haven't done this in a while. And, you know, you can't just skip and find the emojis because I know some other people do that. They literally skip and try to find what we said and then post that to make sure to, to become visible. I know who you guys are. But Send this time, two emojis if you've gotten here. Ooh, two emojis. Two eagle emojis for my boy Shaheen going number one. And then when... It happens and it will happen when Barber scores that bad shooting century against New Zealand or England or in the semis. We're going to put a bell icon and a king icon and that's going to be the emoji of the day. And the toxic fans know who I'm talking about. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Thank you for listening <laughs> the to the horror Backward on your face. Point, I loved it. Uh, episode 50. Uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, you can like, subscribe, Join the Discord community for free. It's it's a great way to interact with us, with the whole community. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon. It's a great way to send questions in and be part of the conversation in our episodes. And yeah, this is Bachar signing off. Yeah, thank you for hit, letting us hit 50 pods. You know, man, that, that the fans, the people who push us to make episodes, they're literally like, you know, in our DMs, yo, when's the preview coming out? When's the review coming out? They want us to go live again as well. So we might just do that as well with 50 pods in the bank. Just wanted to appreciate that. And, you know, it's 50 pause. It's just the beginning of this podcast. We have so many more exciting things coming down the pipeline. They don't even know, Bashar. And that's the fun thing. They don't even know. And if you guys want to stick around, hit the subscribe button. 
hit the like button, share it with your friends, tell your friends about it, tell your ex-girlfriends about it. We're here. Backward point. Thank you very much. Take care.